Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. So great to be here. So nice to see so many familiar faces um, and some new faces. You've been busy procreating, haven't you? Um, uh, So, yeah, it's great. And um, thank you to Owen for inviting me along to just talk about um, some of the stuff that I was up to at Bethel. and yeah, it's great that Josh is here. So he's been, he was instrumental in me deciding to go. And thank you. It's been like the best experience of my life. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I, my name's Ruth and I, um, I've been probably for about six or seven years. And two years ago, I went off to um, the uh, school called Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. It's in California, so you know it's it's hard life. It's a hard life when the God when the Lord calls you to ministry, you know. Um, and I have spent two years there. The the school is part of a church, a large church at a local Bethel church. Some of you may have heard of it, some of you may not. It's led by a guy called Bill Johnson, who has a kind of worldwide following and big healing ministry and lots of sort of revelatory teaching. So it's been it's been an absolute privilege to sit under his teaching for two years. Um and so so trying to kind of put some pull something together uh, that just describes what what my two years have been like has been it's quite hard when people say to me oh how was it it's like well where do I start you know God has done so much in my life it's it's been absolutely life transforming um, I keep describing it as though I've been born again again um, that's the only way I can really describe it but um, I Today, I do want to focus on one of the sort of key things that really came as a as a as a revelation to me um, throughout my time there. And I know you have been um, going through a series of um, looking at operating in the gifts of the spirit. And so, what I want to share with you today is something which, for me, was a foundational piece to me um, knowing how to operate in the spirit so I hope it'll be useful um it's not it's not necessarily a message that you won't have heard before and in fact actually John you alluded to earlier about being a child of God so you're obviously listening to the Lord you're obviously in tune because um you kind of touched on what I what I really want to talk about today so um so standing here kind of this side of my two years at Bethel, looking back at what my Christian life used to be like, um, it feels as though to me now, um, I probably lived with a partial understanding of the gospel. I know that sounds quite shocking, but um, it, it feels like that standing here today, looking back that I probably didn't really operate in the fullness of everything that um was available in Jesus and um, I can sort of liken it to when the Israelites came out of Egypt they um, had this huge 
rescue plan and they were brought out of Egypt. They ended up in the wilderness and they stayed there for 40 years and they wandered around and um, and basically didn't enter the promised land until that generation that had come out of Egypt died off. And looking back at that, almost I kind of feel like that's where I was. I knew I'd been saved. I knew that God had taken me out of Egypt, if you like. I knew my salvation, but that was as far as I'd got. And um, there was definitely, looking back, definitely some sort of areas of wilderness thinking going on, you know, looking back and thinking, or looking at my, you know, non-Christian friends' lives and thinking, well, their life looks really great and mine doesn't quite... I'd look like that and that's because I've made certain decisions because of my faith and oh, I feel a bit short-changed um, so there was definitely some of that thinking going on in my life and, and it really it took uh, a revelation of the Holy Spirit to my spirit to um, show me that there was so much more to life in Jesus there was so much more than just my salvation and this is what John was saying earlier. Um, so, key passage for me um, in uh, just in my in this whole process of having this revelation um, was Luke fifteen verse thirty one. It's a familiar passage. It's um, the story of the prodigal son, and um, so. The, the story, uh, the, the prodigal son has returned home, his father's forgiven him, his father's thrown this big party, and the older brother, the older son, um, has thrown his toys out the pram. <laughs> and, uh, so verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with, with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. And this is the verse. This is the verse that really spoke to me. Verse 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. That blew me away. Why? Because first of all, I just heard the Lord um, speak to me as his child. And suddenly when I, my, it was like a, this revelation that I'd, I had actually become the older brother. I had actually forgotten who I was. I'd forgotten that I was a child and not a slave. You see, the older brother in this story says to his father, doesn't he, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders and and the father's like but you're my son and everything I have is yours I deny you nothing and um and suddenly I just had this real revelation of being a child of God and all that that meant everything that came with knowing that I was a child of God um knowing that actually the father denies me nothing I'm his child I don't have to I don't have to put in all this effort to earn favor um I don't it's a it's a relationship and it's not this transactional exchange between us 
Another key verse for me really was, uh, again, a well-known verse. And that verse I'd heard so many times, but suddenly just saw it for the first time almost and just saw it with fresh perspective. Romans 8, 15 to 17. Um, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And that's exactly what happened. That, that whole process, the spirit testifying with my spirit that I was that I was a child of God. And I'd heard it, I'd heard it, I'd heard it so many times, so many times. Um, and they say, don't they, the longest journey that you could go on is the 18-inch journey from here to here. And and it had taken me so long for for that truth to kind of just drop into my heart and, and for me to have that revelation. Ah, oh, I'm his daughter. He denies me nothing. So... You know, going back to the wilderness analogy, um, the promised land is there for the taking. And we access it by realizing that we're children of God. Um, and so, so what is this promised land that I'm talking about? What is this inheritance that we get from um, understanding that we're children of God? What is it? Well, it's the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of heaven. And I can't remember who uh, who was praying. Emma, was it you this morning talking about heaven on earth and living in the kingdom? Um, you see, kind of on, um, on the back of this revelation of I'm a child of God came this revelation of, oh, all of this is my inheritance. The whole of... Um, the whole of heaven, everything that's at the Father's disposal becomes mine. I have this inheritance. This is huge. And, and on the back of revelation of who I was as a child of God came this whole understanding of, of the kingdom and the access I had to the kingdom. Um, you see, we get to live on this earth as citizens of heaven and whether we're in the EU or not in the EU, we are citizens of heaven. And um, we have this incredible privilege of um, being on the earth, living as a citizen of heaven. It's, it's through us that, that the Lord brings heaven to earth. Isn't that incredible? That this incredible plan that God set in motion at the beginning of time to um, this whole sort of salvation plan for the world, the whole plan to bring heaven to earth involved, yes, Jesus, absolutely Jesus, bringing heaven to earth. But then Jesus went and came and lived in us so that through us, the kingdom is um, made manifest in the earth. My off. Back on? Yeah? Yeah. Um, so I love, I love, I'm going to quote Bill Johnson, sorry. No, actually, I'm not going to apologize for quoting Bill Johnson. Um, 
he has this great quote, which is, Jesus died not just so that we can get into heaven, but so that heaven can get into us. And I just, I just love that truth. Um, and I, yeah, I just love this whole thing about, yeah, we, we live on earth as citizens of heaven, as conduits for the kingdom of heaven to be made manifest in the earth. And actually, we're not only citizens, but we are royalty. We're royalty in this kingdom because we are children of the king of that kingdom. And um, with that comes incredible authority. Matthew 16, verse 19. Um, This is where Jesus is talking to Peter about the church, um, about establishing the church. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And that speaks to me of the authority that we have um, in the kingdom of heaven. He's given us the keys. And um, I was thinking about actually going back to the, the wilderness analogy and how during the time when the Israelites were in the wilderness, um, God was with them. Absolutely, God was with them. Um, but the way in which food was provided for them, um, it was it was like the Lord sort of handed out the manna. It was it was miraculous provision. And as soon as they stepped into the promised land, that stopped. That miraculous provision of food stopped. Why? Because he said, I provided you with a land of milk and honey. You go, you go and work the land. You go and harvest the land and you live off the land. No longer do you need my little handouts. You've got the authority, you've got the permission. You go and possess and live in that land. And it's it's the same kind of revelation that I had when it's like the Lord saying, um, you've got the keys for the kingdom. No longer do you have to pray, Lord, you do something over there. It's like Lord saying, well, I've given you permission. I've given you authority in the kingdom. I've given you the keys to go and release uh, healing over that person. I've given you the, the authority to go and um, see uh, an answer to prayer over there, to declare something, to declare the kingdom over in that situation and see something shift. So my point is, and this is where I want to kind of link it to kind of operating in the gifts of the spirit, is that um, for me, like having that revelation was the, was a foundational to me um, operating in the gifts of the spirit because I I sort of shifted my I guess my positioning my perspective. From a place of so, for example, if I'm if I'm praying for someone who's who's sick, it's no longer a case of Lord, please would you do it? I'm almost like begging the Lord, please would you just break in in this situation over here? Um, to actually, I'm really powerful in the kingdom because I've got Jesus living in me, so I can speak to this sickness and I can I can tell it to go in the name of Jesus. I'm actually. I've got the keys. I've got the keys. He's given me the keys of the kingdom. So I'm going to go and use it. And so um, shifting that perspective in, in, 
in that sort of approach to operating in the gifts of the spirit. Um, uh, yeah, it's we are we are way more powerful than we think, and this was the huge the huge revelation that I had. It was wow, I'm a child, I'm his daughter, and I get this inheritance. He's given me the keys. He's given me authority in this kingdom. That is huge. That is huge. And and also I've got this commission. I've got this commission to go and bring heaven to earth, to go and operate in the kingdom. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more powerful than, than I even really imagine. I can even imagine. Um, I want to just say just something quickly here about um, like just pride and arrogance because um, hot on the heels of getting a revelation of power you can start to get run away with this and start to think oh hey you know I'm really powerful and check me out and um, so what is it that stops us from tipping over into that place of pride and arrogance where you know sort of run away with ourselves well we live in this beautiful glorious tension of where we are everything with Jesus but we're nothing without him it's Jesus really and it's the fact that we did nothing to deserve everything that we've been given this glorious inheritance that we have we've done nothing to deserve it it's all a gift um Jesus is the anchor point. It's grace. It's grace that stops us going too far um, into like pride and arrogance and thinking that we're we're this powerful person. Um, but equally, in the tension of those two truths, um, where we're everything within but nothing without Him, there's also no room for us to think lowly of ourselves and think that we're powerless. You know, um, uh, yeah, we are, we need to find that place and stand in that place of authority and that place of power and operate from it. Um, the other, tr- the other thing that just, I want to just pull in here that stops us from tipping into pride and arrogance and, and running away with the power of, of this truth is, um, in the kingdom, like often we know that kingdom values are sort of topsy-turvy to earthly values oftentimes. And there's this beautiful truth, there's this beautiful value, beautiful truth in the kingdom about royalty. And in the kingdom, royalty serves. Royalty takes the lowest position. And no one modeled that better than Jesus. And I just want to read one of my favorite, favorite passages, which is Philippians 2, verse 6. Um, my, it's one of my favorites. Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was in very nature God. And yet, because he knew his identity, he chose to serve. And that's the beautiful truth about knowing 
the, your royalty in the kingdom. And actually, something really just occurred to me in preparing what I was going to say today, that um, compare the model of Jesus in this passage to the older brother. So the older brother got his identity muddled up and approached, approached his father as a slave. And what happened? He became entitled. He became um, offended, whereas Jesus knew his identity, he knew who he was, and he out of that he chose to serve. And it's the complete opposite way around. Um, I just thought that was cool. The Lord just revealed that to me this week. Um, so, in summary, then, um, for me, understanding my identity, my authority, my inheritance in Jesus was fundamental fundamental to me stepping out in operating in the gifts because it just it it became this natural flow of oh I'm I have authority he's given me everything I need to step into this and to start operating in it in fact it's my it's my commission it's the commission of my life to to step in and start to start to use these gifts um it's fundamental. And um, when, when people ask me about Bethel and they want to know about the, the healings, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and that all happens, that all takes place, and it's an amazing place to go. If any of you get the chance to go, just go. I'd highly recommend it. It's an incredible place, and miracles do happen there on a daily basis. You're surrounded all the time by you hear testimonies all the time of healings and crazy miracles that happen. Um, but you know what? There's no, there's no secret. There's no sort of special formula that they've, they've got that no one else has got. All it is, it is a group of people who have um, had that revealed to their spirit, who know who they are, who know exactly what the fullness of what Jesus has paid for and they've chosen to operate out of it. And as a result, you know, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the healings, that just flows naturally. It's like a natural byproduct out of operating out of that place of knowing who, who they are. And that's the, that's the only thing that they've managed to work out. It's no different to any other believer anywhere on the planet. Um, they've just chosen to live out of it. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'd encourage you, yeah, just, just have a go at operating in the gifts of the spirit. Um, it's, it should be a normal, normal way of life for all believers. It's not, it's, they're not things reserved for, you know, the anointed few. No, it should be a normal lifestyle for, for all believers. So with that in mind, um, I thought it would be good to just give some time to actually um, do some praying for healing. And um, I, first of all, just wanted to just share with you some kind of practical tips on how to pray for people for healing. Because we, you know, we, we've been through quite a bit of training on how to pray for people for healing and um, 
I just thought it'd be useful to pass that on, just practical tips. So, Paulette, would you mind being coming and helping me do a demonstration? <laughs> so this is my friend Paulette. Paulette's just finished her first year at, at BSSM, so she's kind of well used to this sort of thing. So, um, so what we uh, so practical points on praying for someone who has who has something pain. Let's pretend you've got some pain, okay? Yep. So, um, ask them their name. What's your name? Paulette. Okay. Mm. And what am I praying for today, Paulette? Um, I've had this pain in my stomach for, um, gosh, it's been about a week now. Just week. Yeah, just real sharp pains in my stomach. Okay. And um, if you were to describe the pain on a scale of 0 to 10, uh, with 0 being no pain, 10 being excruciating, where would the pain be on the scale? I'd say about 8. About an 8. Wow. Okay, then. Do you mind if I lay my hand on your shoulder when we pray? No. Okay, you just close your eyes and you just receive. You can put your hands out to receive if you like. And then you pray. But pray from a, a place of knowing your authority. We're not pleading. We're not begging the Lord for him to come and do the healing. We just speak to this pain in the name of Jesus. And we tell you to go. Body, you come into alignment with the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. It's as simple as that. You don't need to use any fancy words. You just tell that thing to, to go. And how is the pain now, Paulette? <laughs> I would say the pain is about a four. A four. Okay. So we're going to pray again and we're going to see that pain come down to zero. Okay. So let's pray again. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. We thank you that this has gone down to a four and we pray now that it goes to a zero pain go right now in the name of jesus amen yeah and that's what you do it's as simple as that so we're going to have a go <laughs> thank you paulette <laughs> um so um here's where it gets interactive um is if there is anyone here who would like prayer Pain, sickness, illness, um, put your hands up. There you go. There's one man over there. Okay. So if you are around someone with their hand up, oh, there's a lot of people. Okay. So if you're near someone with their hand up, go and basically just do what I've just demonstrated with Paulette. And, yeah, and just speak to that. Speak to that pain. Speak to that sickness. Um, ask them permission to put your hand on them and get them to um, if it's if it's an injury actually one thing I didn't say if it's an injury after you pray get them to test it out you know if they've got a dodgy knee get them to walk around a bit get them to test it out just so you can have a, an idea of what God's doing so um, anyone who had their hands up do you want to stand and then yeah, uh, everybody just find someone and go and go and lay hands on them and ask them what you're praying for.
or had torn cartilage in my right knee, which I've had for years and years and years. And normally I can, you know, manage. Sometimes when I'm playing tennis, it gets really dodgy and painful and I may have to stop. Um, and so Jen prayed. I then went and tested it out. And, and it felt a little easier, but I could still feel tenderness there. So came back and Jen bravely prayed again. And that time I did actually get a sense of the Holy Spirit on me and uh, tested it out again. And it felt a bit, it felt better. But then Jen prayed again for complete healing. Um, and so I'm trusting God that there is complete healing of my cartilage. So, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Um, so it's really important. I, I think it's really important to, to share testimony because it allows faith to build for, for it to happen in other people's lives. And um, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a choice that you have to make with testimonies, actually. You, if there's sometimes I know personally I've been in situations where I've been contending for a breakthrough in my life and all of a sudden someone else I know gets that same breakthrough and they come and tell me about it and at that point I have a choice I can either take that testimony and become jealous and think well the Lord bless that person and not me like there's like he's got a specific amount of healings that he, and, and once he's run out, sorry. Um, or I can take that as something to build my faith and something to stand on and say, he's in the business of doing this. If he can do it in that person's life, then he can do it in mine. And I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to give thanks that he's done it in the life of a person I know and I heard about it and he's he's obviously done it on purpose so that I would hear and it would build my faith. So that's that's what we do when we share testimonies. It's really, really important because it's so faith building. Um, do you want to? Yep. I wanted to say, actually, I have... After I had Alice, I had very itchy skin. My skin, every time I scratched because of the itch, it would just irritate myself. And then I carry on scratching. But unfortunately, it happens mostly at night. And as Mark was praying for me, and my my back of my knee rubbed against the chair, it started to itch again. But by the time we were chatting, we finished praying, because it's a very short prayer. Uh, it stopped. So, so yeah. Hi, um, most of you know I've had MS for however long, but I claim in the name of Jesus that it's gone and that I'm healed and I can don't suffer from fatigue and don't let it hold me back and shut me from sensitivity. Yeah. And Uh, just before I wrap up, Owen just wanted me to quickly mention about tonight. I don't actually know where and when. 
Thank you so much, Ruth. Why don't we give Ruth a round of applause? For, um, so wh when I was talking to Ruth yesterday, sorry, and she talked about um, that whole thing of identity being one of the uh, most impactful things that she had learnt over her two years at Bethel, uh, she then also spoke about another thing that was really impactful, and, and it was about, um, so this is what I wanted you to talk about. And so I wanted her just to say now, because I'm going to ask her to expand a little bit on this tonight, because I think that this thing is is critical for the Christian who wants to be able to live in this world with, uh, if you like, a kingdom mindset, knowing who they are, that they can they can overcome the world that they live in and i think this is a real big part of it so um yeah so tonight i'll be sharing a little bit about developing cultivating the secret place so growing in intimacy personal personal intimacy and personal devotional times with the lord um and just kind of cultivating that well with him uh, so that you operate out of that that place, that well that you've kind of cultivated with him and just, you know, um, just falling in love with his presence and, um, yes, developing the disciplines, but just learning how to love his presence, that it's a fun thing. It's it's the most beautiful thing. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's fun and it's easier than you think. So... Okay, so we're going to just talk about that tonight as well as pray. So um, I'm just going to pray and then we're going to finish. Father, we thank you so much for your presence here. We thank you for the deposit of faith that has been passed to us in relation to healing. And, oh God, we do pray for healings here. Father, we, we join with Emma in praying for healing, complete healing of that MS. We ask it in the name of Jesus that you would uh, completely set her free from that. And uh, Father, any others who are uh, currently sick or ill or, or who have a condition, we are asking for complete healing in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that what you have spoken today, what you have opened up in people's hearts, that it will bear much fruit in their lives, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. OK, so. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.